0: My personal mission statement has always been to enable the success of others, and if I do that, everything else just comes over as it's you know, a result.
1: I wanted to go ahead and dive right into sure. the uh, the Spartan Pro Show here. So we're sitting here with Dusty Holcomb, the uh, Senior Vice President of AAA Membership, and Finn's Car Wash at AAA Carolinas. I hope that I got that right. You're getting, uh, you it. But what, you know. What we talk about on the Spartan Pro Show, we really want to focus on how you can grow professionally, grow personally, and grow your business. And that's for the listeners and viewers out there to, we just want to add value to people. And that's through interviewing really fascinating guests, folks who have uh, grown a lot in their career, who have a lot of leadership uh, skills, a lot of leadership background. And uh, we know that, I know through my experience with you, that you've just had a lot of growth even just since I've known you, and you were already on a great career track before then, but uh, we're just thrilled to have you here. So I wanna dive straight into uh, the, the recent merger that you guys have had. And so I know you had a pretty sizable merger where AAA Carolina has joined a group down in South Carolina. And most mergers are incredibly difficult with the you know, cultural differences, they can be difficult and painful in just all kinds of ways. Can you talk us through the process of, of merging two existing successful businesses? Sure. So, and the merger's
0: still going on. It'll take, you know, 12, 24, even 36 months to, to fully integrate. And one of the things that makes a merger work, uh, in our case, and i can always speak for ours, uh, so well, is the, the common core of what you're focused on. And for us, it's focused on members. And when you dispense with how the work is done and you put aside you know, who's in charge and all those things, but you drill it down to what is it we're here to do and we're here to help members. And you know, our job, our purpose, our mission uh, is to help members in their time of need. And that doesn't matter you know, whether you're AAA Carolinas, which was our organization, or AAA1ACG, which is the company we're merging into, uh, which is about five times our size, the core principle of why we're here and why we're uh, showing up to work has never changed and won't change, and it's mm-hmm. here. We're here for our membership. So for us, that that having that underlying thing that when you know when you start doing this and you're, you're bumping heads a little bit about something, and it's always there, always going to be something yep. that you can dispense with and go, okay, wait a minute, dial this back, dispense with the BS. What's best for the member? What is the best for right. uh, the purpose that we're here? So. Uh, certainly not an easy task, and there's always you know going to be you know tons of work needed to get uh, done. Uh, but it's been really exciting to start thinking about okay, how do we? You know, we were a very successful organization that had you know tons of great growth, uh, the largest independent AAA affiliate in the country, and h- how do we now work in the construct? this new, larger, much larger entity, uh, but now we have so much more scale. So we're launching you know, 15 fins car washes across the Carolinas, but suddenly our market footprint went from North and South Carolina to uh, 13 states and you know, 120 million people in those 13 states. So uh, with tremendous scale and tremendous opportunity. So you have to focus on A, why are you here? And then B, what opportunities does it create? And you know, we even we have to guard against and uh, running on running on analogy here, but you know, guard against the the petty what's in it for me and how's this going to impact me and you know, forced to admit and fully you know everybody guilty of that I have been as well, mm-hmm. uh, and then go back to okay, well, what are the opportunities to create and why aren't we here mm-hmm. and nailing those two things down kind of as your
2: guiding principles, everything else just works. Mm-hmm. And so, how does that play in? I know that. Most people, when they think of AAA, they think of roadside assistance. Yes. They think of a tow truck. Uh, They think of the the maps. Um, But I mean, you're really so much more when you talk about the fact that you are really just concerned about taking care of your members. I mean, what all entails the AAA brand?
0: Yeah, so I, uh, at AAA Carolinas, I've um, for the last, gosh, seven or eight years, I've spoken to every new hire that comes into the organization. And I always tell folks, hey, you know, people join AAA because of the tow truck that's what they know the, mm-hmm. us uh, for but it's our job our mission as individuals and as team members here to be uh, great educators of them uh, or to them for what does their membership entail so our job isn't to sell more stuff our job is to provide more value and how we do that is we deliver insurance services property casualty you know umbrella liability all that stuff we do run the largest travel agency uh, in the Carolinas and you know, one of the most successful travel agency in all of the AAA footprint. Uh, we, so le- leisure travel, commercial travel, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we also uh, have our automotive repair group. So we have 36 locations here in the Carolinas. We have 14 more in the rest of our uh, new footprint. Uh, so fixing cars, and I can go deep on any one of these and how we add value. Uh, and then with the Fens Car Wash, and what's really cool is that all of the things, and I was speaking at our car care um, manager's summit last year, it's like, guys, it doesn't really matter. Fixing cars is just what we happen to do. Our job is to make sure that when that person steps on their brakes, the car stops. Mm-hmm. Not because we care about the car, but we care because we care about the occupant in the car. Our job is to provide more value than our members pay in. So when they get that renewal bill, instead of going, "Gosh, I'm not sure it's worth it," and you know, whipping out the number going in, hey, we want them to go, "I can't believe that's all they charge right. This is the best bang for the buck." Uh, so we really think of ourselves as a peace of mind company. Everything we do, uh, in one way or another, adds to or delivers peace of mind uh, to our membership. And you know, we're getting ready to really, uh, and I'll talk about this later because I'm going to be. Involved in it, really jumping on what does membership look like in the future? What is the AAA membership going to look like in two or three generations? Mm-hmm. Because I do think the cars are going to be the car ownership model, the personal mobility mm-hmm. model, it's going to have tremendous change, and how we adapt to that uh, and, and not react to it, but how do we lead it? And those are mm-hmm. one of the things that uh,
1: I'm personally going to be really focused on. Well, it's it's interesting. So you, you mentioned, you know, Finn's Car Wash, AAA Car Care Centers. Uh, and, and going back to his question, how you dove into that, uh, how has technology morphing changed your offerings? I mean, triptychs, people aren't coming yeah. in for triptychs anymore, right? Yep. And so how have you seen those opportunities to expand into, or how have you filled in the gap where technology makes a product offering obsolete?
0: So it's really cool, so there's, uh, the way I look at, think about technology is in really two channels, one is, you can lament what technology has done to your business and say, gosh, it, this is, you know, t- ruined it. So the technology and you know, the, the, the Google Maps and everything else, it's kind of made the original paper triptych obsolete. Now there's still a core constituent of people that love the triptychs and they right. still get on And You know, when we went from being top bound to sidebound, we got lots of letters because people didn't like the change. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and we should have been, the Google Maps and all that, uh, because we owned the uh, nav- personal navigation space sure. yeah. you know, for 50 years, but we didn't move fast enough. Mm-hmm. So wh- what I would think about is we can either you know, look at technology and go, what is it doing to us? Or we can look at our member and our customer and go, how can we add value to them through the appropriate use of technology? I'm really careful with all of our teams and, and hammering on. It's not about the darn tech. It's about what the tech can do to make their lives better or easier. Yeah. So a good example of that is the automotive repair business. So automotive repair, I mean, you guys have had cars, you've had cars fixed, you've probably had somebody walk out of the back of a repair shop before and go, you're gonna need a Ouija widget. And you're like, I don't even know what that is, but why is it a thousand <laughs> bucks? And it's just crazy. Um, there's not a lot of transparency. And there's not a lot of trust in that industry. Yeah. So our brand has a tremendous amount of trust uh, attached to it. Yeah. So one of the things that we wanted to do, and it's one of the reasons we got in the business in the first place, because we thought our brand could uh, attach a degree of trust to that industry that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting to the point about technology, about a year and a half ago, we, uh, two years ago now, we started piloting technology that would allow our customers to get the what we call a digital vehicle insight, a a hmm. uh, uh, inset, assessment or inspection of their car's health digitally. So we can we do this whole thing. We take pictures of everything. Hmm. We write everything up all on a tablet, and then we text it or email it to the customer so they can see it right on their on their, wow. on their phone or mobile device. And what we really want to do is provide transparency. So there's no black box. It's no hey you need new windshield. Uh, right turn signal fluid, we can get them back. (laughs) Sometimes I use that line people don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, there is that? Um, And we can put the power of choice in their hands. So using the tech to create a, uh, to fill a gap or fill a need, as opposed to just saying, hey, we got a really cool app. Really cool apps are awesome but not if they don't add value. They're the ones that are on the fifth page of your iPhone screen and they auto deleted, and you have to download it at one time and Nine months when you go use it. So that's one example yeah. of how we're doing it. We're working on some uh, some other really cool stuff with uh, technology in Fins and how we push um, messaging about the customer's car to them. And mm. you know, we're working with some stuff right now uh, that would allow us to notify members and customers of any potential recalls on the vehicle. Mm. And you know, a, a wash like that could wash one hundred fifty thousand cars plus a year. So if I can make available to all the customers that come through at no extra charge or as a benefit of AAA membership, hey, here's a notification of uh, a manufacturer's technical service bulletin, a recall on your car, you may not have otherwise known, but AAA cares about you and your safety, go check this out. Yeah. So it's just looking for the right ways to add value. So I think the fundamentally most important thing and not falling in love
2: with tech for the sake of tech. I love that, wow. Mm-hmm. So. With all of these different things that you're doing, you know, all of these different areas where you're adding value to your membership, you know, from a a branding perspective, how are you differentiating yourself in those different areas? You know, how are you really attacking the market and setting yourself apart from all the other travel agencies, all of the other uh, car repair, auto repair shops? It's a great question, and it's it's a it, this is a question we talk
0: about all the time. The biggest challenge we have as a organization is uh, how do we disassociate a service from our brand story and allow a member or a customer to understand that there's a broader story. Mm, right. And you know, when people see our AAA brand, they think tow truck, mm-hmm. and we've done that for you know 115, 116 right. years yeah. now. It's it's hard to overcome that. So how do we begin to educate our customer? How do we begin to talk to them? Because you know, 80% of our members joined today for emergency road service, that's why they join, mm-hmm. And they renew, 90% renew because they want that coverage and protection. So for us, it's all about how do we take the opportunities and the moments of uh, inflection or a single touch point to tell a different story or to augment the story. So sometimes I'll liken it to uh, Neither one of you are old enough to remember these, but I'll use it anyway.
2: Uh, when I was a
0: kid, we had these old, uh, there were books and you could choose your own ending and you'd like read the page. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah. choose your yeah, own yeah, adventure. Okay, okay, so yeah. you I'm barely yeah. old enough. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, those books, looks,
2: yeah, absolutely. Right. So you,
0: you <coughs> turn to page 125 and if all you're right. like me, you'd make the decision and you'd go, that was a really bad decision. Let me go back and you'd reread <laughs> all Gear the markings. endings <laughs> and so you'd know which one was the right ending. Well. I think we we talk a lot about how do we take and engage our team members with the right information so they can uh, introduce a different ending to the Mm -hmm. member so it goes beyond the transaction Mm -hmm. and really creates a broader uh, and deeper relationship and that's what we've got to do is take a transactional moment of truth deliver on that like ninjas and then use that to leapfrog into another way to add value Um, we're working on some stuff now that you, uh, we start t- talking about two or three generation, generations removed from where we are today, our biggest struggle is going to be overcoming our incredible brand heritage. Like if you know Ford came out and said, "Hey, you know we've decided to get into the um, cheeseburger business," that's going to be hard. Right? Tell me, give me a story there that really makes sense, and we've got to do some of that. Uh, and start to expand our brand message. So it's not about the service or the product that we uh, deliver. It's about the experience that we deliver. And, and, and more importantly, it's about the value that we deliver. Yeah. If we can shift our brand from being service-oriented to value-oriented, mm-hmm. that's how we're going to expand those mm-hmm. stories.
2: That's great. You know, and I'm, what I'm hearing, and I'm relating it just back to story, I'm thinking about it. You know, roadside assistance is a subplot, yes. right? You know, it, it's a momentary problem or concern that they have that you solve, uh, when in fact you have not only one subplot but multiple subplots, and all those are tied up in one big mm. story mm. that you're telling about how you help. You know, you empower people to be able to travel how, when, and where they want to go, right? Uh, and the way that you do that could be anything. Yep. Um, but it's the way that you do that in all of these different areas and yeah that's really that's really fantastic it's really cool because we've been talking a lot about and uh i can say this because i don't think anybody else has the scale to actually pull off so i'm not giving
0: away proprietary, <laughs> knowledge, proprietary knowledge but how do we become the organization that puts the need for an emergency road so- service organization out of business mm-hmm. so how can i prevent the break right how can i uh, anticipate you know the breakdown so you know if i can find a way to go hey david you know, it, on Tuesday at nine o'clock, uh, on the way home from the airport, you're going to have a flat tire. Let's go ahead and fix your tire today. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, or sometime you're going to have a, a flat tire, uh, and that's only one of the subplots. That's traditional. But if I could figure out how to do that, and then catapult that into all the other ways, you know, to keep life moving, to keep the member right. going,
1: that's what we're really here for. And we just happened to, you know, started focusing on cars. Mm-hmm. When I hear you talk about adding value and I hear you talk about uh, Fins as, as one example, in fact, you know, one of uh, our associates in here, one of our partners, Ira, stopped you and was just kind of complimenting. He said, I'm a two-car member of, of Fins. I'm a member of Fins. And, uh, but what Ira just shared was an example of how you all add value above and beyond what other car washes add. Yes. And so I, I want to weave back through this. And we got the Building a Story Brand book right there. Don Miller's talked about uh, how Chick-fil-A is so different than X other fast food restaurants, right? So most fast food restaurants, the the lower tier ones, you walk in and they say, how much money can we extract from you before you walk out of here? And Chick-fil-A flips that around and says, how much value can we add to this person before you walk out of here? It happens to be that when you focus on adding value, people want to spend money there. When you focus on extracting money, people want to hold their money tight to their chest. Amen. And so when I just heard you talking about adding value, that's what I saw, right? was we, we pour value and then people get that renewal notice and they go, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And when I go to your competitor down the street where I used to before Fins came here, uh, they, they did an okay job. They cleaned my car, mm-hmm. but there was no personal interaction at all. And there was no help and there was no friendly faces. They were just doing their job. And then it switched over to another company and it became even less personal Mm -hmm. and they cared even less. And then to what Ira was talking about with Fins, you go there and there's a person at every stop just... you got the technology you can go through on your own, but there's also a friendly face there if you need help. And then you've got the extra touch of the towels out there and the spray to clean your windshield on your own. You don't have to bring your own or buy your own. Anything else to add to that? Well, I think the...
0: Providing transactional excellence is the entry price to the game. And that's where you have to start. You can't... I mean, Chick-fil-A, uh, and I love that example. I'm a huge fan, obviously, of anything Donald Miller writes, but Chick-fil-A doesn't start by going, we're going to make the world's cruddiest sandwich, but we're going to do it with a smile. You know, they've got they've got a really good focus on how we're going to make a great product with two pickles, not one. You know, you know, occasionally get three if you're lucky. But it's... it's we got to... Delivering a good product at a transactional level, entry price of the game, and no amount of exceptional experience will offset a credit product at some point in time. You still got to get that right. That's where that's you start. But then on top of that, you have to go, that's only the starting point. How do I differentiate and add value experientially? In my team, and they're sick of hearing me say this, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it for you guys because you haven't heard me say it. <laughs> is, you know, we view and I view uh, competition, at a, it has nothing to do with the product or service that you're delivering. Our competitor is every great organization who is changing and redefining what a customer expects from an engagement. So you have to look, you know, we could look at it and say whether it's fins we could say other car washes are our competition. No, our competition's Apple and you know, Nordstrom and Google and Bose or whoever else is creating a different engagement ecosystem and different engagement mm-hmm. experience for their members and customers because they're not marking up us up against the only against the uh, the last car wash they had. You know, a decent car wash is the minimum expectation. They're marking us up against the Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. They're marking us up against whoever gave them a service or a value that made them go, Wow, that's all they charge. Mm -hmm. Because Chick-fil-A is not the cheapest place. right? And it's probably not even the best place. But I know for me personally, I pass all the other places to go to Chick-fil-A because I know it's gonna be good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for Fins, that was what, when we started, our focus is going to be on delivering an exceptional wash. And we think we have the best, and we've invested in the technology to do that. But then, oh, by the way, we gotta get the experience right. We've gotta find new ways to add value for AAA members. We've got to make sure that non AAA members who come go, well, it'd be be crazy not to become a AAA member. Uh, And we were very intentional about creating a sub brand uh, there so that we didn't have to overcome the noise of AAA as a car company, and the only thing we do is tow cars, and you'd have to be a member in order to go. So we, we did a lot of market research that showed hey, a master brand like Fins created by AAA made it more appealing and open to everyone. You didn't think you had to be a AAA member to come. And we got very high marks for being much more innovative and much more progressive. So uh, that was a long-winded way of answering your question, yeah. but that's kind of the path that got us to being experientially focused, not just transactionally
2: focused. Wow, that's good. Yeah, but that's interesting. So when, when you're talking and you know, I was going to ask later about this, but that decision to brand it separate from AAA uh, was really intentional. It, it, it right. wasn't just... Fins is a fun name for a car wash, you know. You should have seen some of the ones we turned down. Sure, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, But but it was really intentional because you thought uh, about what the customer experience would be like. Before they even got to the car wash, what would their perception be when they just saw the sign there? And, you know, what if it just said AAA car wash, what would be their thought process? They would think, I'm not a member, I can't stop there. But as Fins, unaffiliated... They can stop there now. At the same time, that's more expensive, right? You know, to go through a branding process and create a completely separate brand. Um, you know, w- was there any kind of thought maybe we shouldn't do this just because it is harder, it's more difficult, it's more expensive?
0: Yeah, we did. We we did
2: market research
0: and you know, and tested. Hey, A AAA car wash uh, likelihood to go, likelihood to return, and mm-hmm. we and we knew it would be more expensive. Um, we but we also wanted to make sure that we didn't just say, we're gonna extend the AAA brand into a new service category. What is uh, the What does it take to be the best within a service category and how do you own that mm-hmm. and then create brand extension afterwards? So for us, you know, one things about a car wash, uh, you've got young kids, so like my almost three-year-old, if I tell him, hey, we're going to the car wash, I mean, he's giddy, like he runs to the car. It's a big deal, so having lights on that are in the tunnel and and a mascot like a shark that's fun those little types of things appeal to segments of our audience that may or you know if mom passes the car wash or dad passes the car wash without turning in oh yeah triple a car wash we're not we can't have that kind of fun you can't Mm -hmm. create that same brand image so yeah we talked a lot about it because you know there's there's two arguments there's the argument of we're losing and leaving on the sideline the power of the AAA brand, which is, oh, these guys, you know, know, they know cars, they know how to do this, it's gonna to be top quality. Yeah. Um, or starting something new, unknown, breaking into a market, there's gonna be a slower ramp-up curve. So mm-hmm. we knew that that would happen, but what we chose is if, if anybody comes in, they may not know it's AAA, but when they leave, they're gonna know yeah. it's AAA. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we gotta get them to turn it off the street first, and really just did not want to have, you know, about 75% of the people uh, driving down the road are not AAA members or Mm -hmm. 25% market penetration. I don't want any of those 75% going, oh, that's only for AAA members, I can't go Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So that was like, you know, kind of tipping the the, the scale on scale and saying we
1: just can't leave that, can't run the risk of leaving that on the side. Yeah. Wow. So, So, my mind's my mind's stuck a little bit on um, in a in a positive way. I just want to know your perspective here. So, uh, I I I bookmarked a little bit when you said you're the the Carolina's largest travel agency. Can you share a little bit about how uh, any perspective that you have on how this coronavirus talk is affecting travel travel agencies and your membership? Okay, Um, so I'll start by saying I'm not an epidemiologist, so
0: (laughs) no one should take any uh, advice from me regarding uh, the contagions. Um, It's a big deal, right? So there's a lot of unknowns, and I think that right now people are trying to make the best decisions they have with the information they have. Um, And uh, there's the old saying that numbers never lie, but liars use numbers. You (laughs) you can twist the data to show a lot of things so from travel perspective right now you know we're recommending that people you know be smart you know make wise choices uh you can't go to italy as of yesterday but you know don't go to places that are you be concerned and if you do have to travel use personal hygiene you know uh, habits that we should all be doing (laughs) anyway i mean i kind of like it now coming in with an elbow (laughs) bump is it's gonna take me a little while uh, to figure it out but you know that Maybe it's the end of the handshake, and who knows how many people have been infected by something over the 500 years that, you know, handshakes have been the uh, preeminent way of introduction or greeting that's non trackable So it's gonna impact the travel industry. We've seen market adjustments and forecast adjustments for all the major Mm -hmm. players. Mm -hmm. You know, the the government coming out, the State Department coming out, I guess it was, whoever it was this weekend saying, you know, now's not time to book a cruise ship. you know, that, that's going to be short-term, that's going to be painful. The, the travel industry is going to have some retraction. Uh, but it's also early, you know, and a lot of this is going to really shake out over the next weeks and months as we understand how good is it, uh, are we doing it, containing it? Um, how transmittable is this as the climate heats up? Uh, they're not seeing the nearly the same infection rates in the more tropical, subtropical areas of China and in, in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. Uh, because it's you know, like the, the, there's a reason that the flu and the common cold are you know, wintertime uh, events. It's the same type of thing with this. So I think it's a little bit of wait and see. Uh, I think people need to be very really smart and need to choose hey, if you're in a high risk demographic, uh, older with underlying health issues, then you should be even more careful. Uh, if you, you know, uh, are going to go somewhere that or have a dream trip to you know, Italy this spring, you know, adjust your expectations and go, you know what, maybe this isn't the time, go somewhere else instead. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the biggest thing is people get focused in on, I can't travel, mm-hmm. and instead need to be thinking about, well, how can I travel? Because yeah. it's not mm-hmm. about the trip. Yeah. It's about the people you're experiencing it with. It's about the joy that you're getting seeing something new. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to someone the last week, and they said, you know what, And we normally do a big cruise with the family every spring. We're gonna go to the Grand Canyon this year. Hmm. Awesome, you know, just thinking differently, and I think living in a state of fear is is probably even more dangerous than hmm. the risk of the, of the getting infected, right. um, because you can't you can't wash your hands enough to wash away the fear. So, not allowing all the media stuff. Uh, but focusing on the, the data and mm-hmm. making the right decision, so travel's going to take you know, some adjustments. And you know, the sooner we get more data, and the sooner the mm-hmm. I think that it heats up, uh, it's going to be a big big deal. I have a friend of mine who's uh, uh, one of the uh, head honchos over at the VA in Salisbury, and they made a big adjustment yesterday of how they're screening everybody coming in through a single gate. And they see five thousand mm-hmm. patients a day there. Uh, mm-hmm. and she's a physician, and it's she goes. You know, we don't know enough yet, yeah. but we know that we we can take the right steps to protect it. And that's what you need to do. And I said, well, give me a personal example of washing your hands for 20 seconds, because I just don't know that I can absolutely get there. That's a long, darn time. <laughs> um, but doing that, yeah. not overreacting. You don't need 16 years of toilet paper uh, in the back room. <laughs> it, you know, st- take a step back, take a deep breath, and figure out how you want to travel. Uh, it's It's... We don't travel, you know, because we want the most expensive or exotic destination. You
1: travel because you want to be with people you love. Not do I travel, but how do I travel? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Not if, but how. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, you
0: just do it differently. Different. Mm-hmm. Maybe you go camping. You know, whatever it is, you, know, you get experiences. So you, you have to look at everything that happens as an opportunity to learn and grow, or an opportunity to lament. Well, lamenting doesn't do any good. Figure out a way to do it
1: differently absolutely well you know i think back before before we started uh r- recording here we were talking a little bit about our where we met yeah. originally 10 we were trying to figure out 9 10 11 years ago uh probably, i believe it was in 2010 at this two-day professional speaking course in in charlotte and uh i had down that you had invited somewhere close to a couple dozen people you said maybe even more than that yeah. to to there, So talk to me about how that's impacted your career, how that's impacted your company.
0: So it was an awesome program. I still to this day would put it as uh, number one or number two personal slash professional development programs I've ever done in my life. Uh, and I've told the folks over there at Ty Boy, that many, many times. Um, and one of the things that I learned from that, I learned a lot. Uh, You were in the class with me, so you had to suffer through from what bad looks like (laughs) to to what somewhat improved looks like by the end of it, was the the joy of communication is not on what you're saying but on who you're communicating with. Hmm. And how do you create and cast a message that resonates with another person And in order to do that, it isn't about what you like or your style or everything else. You've got to get to them. And if you're doing it to a, you're never going to, if you're talking to 10,000 people, you've got to find multiple styles or multiple messages and ways to hit that. Because I go down a deep dive on data, which may make one person excited, another person's going, good Lord, stop. Um, So that would be one thing, just being able to understand the audience and then understand and be self aware. I think that was probably like the personal awareness that I got out of that program. And I fail at it, I probably failed at it 16 times in, in our conversation today. But being aware that it's okay to pause, mm-hmm. being aware of how you're presenting, and, and just being comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And so from that, it doesn't matter how much you know, if you can't communicate it, it's worthless. Mm-hmm. So that's why we started sending people. And, and I've said it's got to be multiple dozens uh, over the last nine or 10 years. And everyone, without fail, has come back and said, This has changed my life. Mm-hmm. My wife, my husband told me, Wow, you really learned something this week. And that's really cool because, you know, I could be a little bit right word, not myopic, but jealous of that asset that I've given them and and say, you know, you can't leave with it. But no, if you help the person be better, even if they leave the organization and they go on and do great things, that's cool. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't get uh, the exact wording right, but I love it. Is You know, Richard Branson's quote about, what if you train people and they leave? What if you don't and they stay? Yeah. You know, like yeah. give this wow. gift to another person and then let them use it. Because if everybody can communicate more effectively, then it, it really brings home uh, uh, and allows us to uh, optimize our creativity and to optimize our mm-hmm. effectiveness. So uh, that's what's helped for me. And, I, you know, I've, I've gone back to some of those videos and it's painful as they are to watch. <laughs> You still hey, got your disc. I still day. have my disc. So I, uh, there have been times when I've been, like driving the highway going, I just need to toss it. Yeah, uh, littering's a crime. Uh, yeah, it's it's just how you communicate and how you really convey that you care. Uh, it, it was transformational for me.
2: And that's, I mean, that's a really beautiful sentiment beyond just the practical application of, of what you learn. But uh, when you're talking about sending your employees through it, uh, the legacy that you create, the impact that you create that goes beyond just AAA, you know, uh, it's your legacy is AAA of Carolina's legacy, uh, that these people, wherever they go, personal relationships, professional relationships, they're able to communicate better. And we all know when we're able to communicate better, uh, things happen, good things happen. And we, when we can't, that's when butt heads there's struggle there's strife and there's no progress whatsoever
0: it's, it's really interesting because if you you get so focused on what are you going to get from something as opposed to what are you going to give and, and that's exactly it if they if someone um, you know' is an alumni of that through us but they go on and do great things and awesome things somewhere else uh, that's cool because they're helping somebody else yeah. they're helping someone through mm-hmm. this skill or this talent and, and that's for me and it's like to my mission statements to enable the success of others and I don't ever want to be so selfish or jealous to think that it only has to be for our organization.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well
1: and you you have friendships from it yeah, right? Absolutely. We you you ten, and I we we, we we had a weekly call for some number of months maybe up to a year and you know we still we still stay in touch we don't see each other as frequently as as we used to but you were just talking to Molly who who ran our course and uh, that's just really neat how it's impacted you. I know it's made a, a huge impact in my life. Uh, well, I, what I want to do is is dive into what we're calling the final rundown. Okay. And so these are a few uh, final questions that we want to dive into that are uh, that are good thematic things that I think you'll have really interesting answers to. So one is just the most impactful book you've ever read. You mentioned a book you have recently <laughs> read, and that's great. But I want to know if something stands out as one of the most impactful books or nuggets that you've gotten so it's interesting i i'm a voracious
0: reader I probably read a book a week um audio book or whatever and podcasts are now taking a lot of that bandwidth um and i sent somebody a top 10 list book the other they a list of books and they said hey give me a list of books and it, i narrowed it down then i filtered it again and it, I think some of them, my answers will be based on season and what you're yeah, learning yeah. through. Okay. And some of my answers are, um, it depends on what I'm like fighting or challenging or wanting to learn from. Uh, there's a couple. The first one that comes to mind, and this is a very old book, and it's probably not even very good, um, uh, but it opened my eyes to the principles of servant leadership, and it's leadership by the book. Uh, and it's Bill Hybel. And... I don't remember if it's Blanchard or Covey, but it's one of those mm-hmm. guys. And it was just using, hey, leadership principles uh, based on using the life of Christ as a leadership example, mm-hmm. servant leadership. Um, anything by John Maxwell uh, is going to be a, a great one. Uh, Simon Sinek's Start With Why uh, is, is, I think it's on the list. We best. Had yeah. here, yeah. Uh, leadership Secrets of uh, Colin Powell uh, is a great one. Effective Executive by Peter Drucker. Those are multiple reads. So I'm running through books that I go every year or two. I got to read it again. Um, I think one of the ones that I, and a lot of people read it, but I like to read it every year is The Alchemist mm-hmm. uh, by Paulo Coelho, and it's one of those. Anytime I feel like I'm getting off site, off track, and chasing the wrong thing, I go. Eh, I need to reread that again. It'll bring me back to back to center.
1: Um, Gosh, you're so. I cool. like that about seasons, though. Yeah. So share. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember that I learned about Patrick Lencioni through yeah. you, yeah. and um, there were several. I mean, I've read three, four, five of his books. Right, dysfunction, five dysfunctions mm-hmm. of a team, uh, leadership characteristics, uh, just all kinds of value there. Um, but I love how you put that about seasons because that's how I've. I haven't put it in those terms before, but that really resonates with me.
0: I think, you know, I I look at my reading list and my Audible subscription list and it's interesting. So I'll I'll, I'll hear a great book and I add it to my queue and then I may not go back and then I I suddenly, you know, serendipitously I'm like, "Ah, I need a book on X topic and I look through my queue and go, ah, I was really smart three years ago. I downloaded this book but I didn't actually read it yet. Uh, So I think uh, seasons and then also finding something that's going to challenge you and get you out of your comfort zone. So. I'm very careful not to only read books that kind of uh, reinforce what I think I believe, yes. but re- but also will push me out of, eh, I'm not sure I'd like that, you know? So yeah. mm-hmm. i give you an example of that. If you, there's a great book, Measure What Matters, uh, by the guys who, uh, I can't remember the name now, uh, but he was a venture capitalist behind Google, and is talking about the OKR uh, yeah. principles of Google. Well, then also Jason Freed's book, uh, you know, It Doesn't Have to Suck at Work uh, mm-hmm. or something like that uh, from a title because, you know, those are very different styles of leadership and leadership mm-hmm. and how work is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very careful to not only read the um, the context of things that I believe, but also to yeah. not challenge me, push me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Anything Andy Stanley, anything Henry Cloud,
2: I mean, there's so many good ones. Lencioni, he's got a new one I haven't read yet, so I'm looking forward to checking out. I later. haven't read it either. <laughs> So how about, how about the best professional advice you've ever received? Hmm.
0: Uh, so one of my first mentors, person I'm still in touch with, 25 years later. Um, I was early 20s, and he pulled me aside. And it's the best advice I've ever see, received. It's the, the advice I struggle to, to receive daily. And he says, Dusty, you're, you're a bright guy, you're gonna you know, do cool things, you're gonna have a lot of fun. Just remember that the entire journey of life isn't about the darn goal, but mm-hmm. it's about the journey to get there. Mm-hmm. And I can be so, personally, I can become so myopic on achieving the goal that I forget the journey and I forget the learning and I forget mm-hmm. the, uh, the joy of experiences. And so the best advice I've ever received from the, in that context professionally is, don't let the goal override everything else so you forget uh and the other the very simple advice uh, you're getting two answers from president one was it from a leadership perspective your job is to serve and if you ever lose sight of that then people will do what you ask and do what you tell um, not by choice but because they have to mm. your job as a leader is to get people to make the right choice so how do you do that and that's mm. their influence mm. so those those were the two things that i uh, pass along
1: okay let's go the opposite way okay <laughs> what's some of the worst professional <laughs> advice you've ever received and you don't have to name names
2: <laughs> I guess we could go outside of professional it could be personal as well it sure. could so just you the know, worst advice
1: um Or does anything stand out to you? Well, you know, there's... I look at the the world through
0: the lens of there's a whole bunch of tools. And and I don't mean jerks. I mean, like a bunch of tools (laughs) in a toolbox. (laughs) I mean... um, And you can look at everything through the lens of I want that tool in my bench or absolutely under no circumstances do I want that tool anywhere near my workbench. And so some of the... Worst advice I would ever see would probably be from uh, in the context of leadership principles I don't believe in. And I go, Mm -hmm. I hear you. I don't want that tool anywhere near my workbench. And uh, yeah, specifically, you know, um, if people, I can think of one example. Hey, if a person makes a bad decision, you just, you got to cut bait and they're done. And Mm -hmm. you're like, Wait a minute. There's redeeming features and factors and qualities of, of every individual. And yeah, there's a time and a place where you gotta go, you know what, this isn't the right place for you to be successful, but let's find a way to make you, uh, enable you to be successful somewhere else. Um, and so I just, I don't like the, the, the advice I've probably been given over the years of you just gotta be hard and fast and you know, like, and, and impersonal. Yeah. No, it's always personal. It's always personal to that other person and to yourself. Um, And I think if you ever lose that
2: human quotient, I don't want any part of that. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It's a good question. I haven't thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, think back on your career, uh, your professional development. Is there anything that you really wish that you could go back and do over? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) We don't have enough time. (laughs) Limited to (laughs)
0: one hour. Anything (laughs) notable? Uh, It's all the rage now, so I'll I'll do this one because recently I was telling somebody about this. Uh, Mindfulness stuff is all the contemporary talk now, Uh, and I've been doing mindfulness and meditation exercises uh, for uh, a couple of years now. I would love to go back and tell twenty-year-old self to to pick up that practice. Mm. Twenty-year-old self would have thought, you know, uh, older self was an idiot and wouldn't do it. Um, But I would like to have done that. it's a really good question. So the, the other advice I probably give myself is uh, everything given the space of time isn't as bad as you think of it in the time, yeah. right? You know, once you give yourself a little space to see something, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Uh, I always, my team hates it and I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? You know, in any situation, any idea, is anybody going to get killed or is anybody going to get fired? No? All right. Well, then manage the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, yeah. uh, set, understand the absolute worst that can happen and then go from there. Uh, I wish I had picked up on that a little earlier in my career you know, mm-hmm. and, and figured that out in life. Uh, it's never as bad as you think it is in the moment. You just have to reframe yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe meditation and mindfulness stuff has helped me figure that out over time and to you know, get a little more sure. peace. Uh, there's a, I, I, uh, I wish I'd learned that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I wish I started, I started writing uh, on my blog about two years ago, and I wish I, every day, and I wish I'd done that 15 years ago, because mm-hmm. um, it's been interesting to go back, even though we're after two years, and kind of see what I've ri- uh, written, or had written two years ago, and it's interesting to, get to see thoughts of all. A leadership blog that you have? Yeah, just dustyholcomb.com, so I write every day. Yep. Um, I, I think you're in my leadership quotes. And I use that as a genesis every day to write. I wish I'd done that 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, on the horizon. Yep. So, what is the next thing mm-hmm. that's on your horizon personally or professionally?
0: Yeah. So, when's this going to publish? Because professionally, I can't talk about something. <laughs> like. uh, so, personally, um, the uh, getting really going through a season of life with kids, getting into really fun ages, and uh, wanting them to experience the world, but not in the uh, hotel rooms and cruise ships venue, but just going camping and getting out in nature. Um, And and I'm super psyched about that. And just it's interesting, my daughter's 11, and becoming a teenager and super mature for her age, and very much an old soul. So I'm really excited about conversations I get to have with her now about life and all that. So I'm really that that's really, really cool. Um, and then professionally, I'm, I'm super excited about being able to do some things that are gonna be uh, very much focused on innovation uh-huh. and driving uh, our innovation efforts as an organization and how we uh, continue to look at our membership uh-huh. through a different lens. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I've, I celebrated my 20th anniversary of AAA this past uh, week wow. and never intended to stay. It was a three year journey that just, you know, got lost or something
1: along the way. Um, didn't have a triptych, right? I didn't have a triptych. <laughs> uh,
0: but what I loved about the organization is I go home every day at the end of the day and we measure our success uh, and our ability to help others. Mm. And didn't know I was going to find that when I came to AAA and found that. And so being able to do that through effective transformational leadership is like that's what gets me up in the morning and, and you know gives me energy so uh whatever it is wherever
1: god points me i just work to there. that's awesome well i'm really excited to have uh this interview and to be able to have you as a speaker at spartan pro day coming up october 13th of 2020 psyched uh, so we're, we're excited to have you folks who are listening you'll be able to see this live um see dusty Giving a talk on leadership, um, covering a number of different topics. So we're excited about that, and uh, we're honored to have you here. Blessed to to get to spend some time with you. And again, dustyholcomb.com. You can find his leadership blog. You can follow his path. You can join Finn's Car Wash to get some good <laughs> service. Join AAA if you're not a member, and uh, also go to SpartanProDay.com to get tickets uh, for the October 13th Pro Day. All right. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much, man.